You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the door. If anybody enters through me, they will be saved. And they'll be able to go in and out of pastures and they will be free. This morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus is the door. And I want to tell you, as we've been talking about this series about freedom, I want to tell you, if you don't hear anything I say this morning, I want to say this to you, that chains don't look good on you. Shackles do not look good on you. Bondage doesn't look good on you. Restrictions don't look good on you. Pain and, and anything that the enemy has tried to put on you to keep you from walking in God's very best does not look good on you. You want to tell, I want to know what looks good on you? Freedom looks good on you. Freedom is what he's intended for us to walk in and to live in and to be in. It's freedom. He, as, he, as, we, as we continue to, to learn about and talk about freedom, I'm telling you, there's something. God never intended for you to be in a state where you're, you're restricted and not, not able to, to do what he's called you to do. He never intended for you to stay at a place where you're down and you can't maneuver and, and be able to go in and out where God's called you to, I'm telling you, freedom looks good on you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John chapter 10, and as you're turning there, I want to talk about these doors. This is the reason why um, I had a door, we had a door manufactured, I'm going to close it for right now because there's a reason why it needs to be closed because we're actually going to be talking about that. But as we're, as we're turning there, the Bible talks about doors over 400 times in, in it, just over doors. There are physical doors. There's spiritual doors, um, and doors represent even choices that we make and decisions that we make. The doors even represent that. And the truth is, is that some of us, maybe if you think about it, there's some doors that we wish we hadn't walked through. Is that anybody besides me? Uh, some of y'all are just like, ah, yes, there are some doors that we have walked through that you didn't want to walk through, amen? I remember one of the first dates I've ever been on, there was a door that opened to me that I did not want to happen. Absolutely. I'm like, Lord, thank you that that didn't happen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Or, or doors of decisions and different things that, we, that we've made. And, and the truth is, is that God has called us when he says this, I am the open door. Anyone who comes, so I want to read that because Jesus is talking about that in John 10. And we're going to start here um, at verse 1. It says, most assuredly, verse 1, 10 Verse 1, most surely I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now, look up here just for a second. We know that to be true. And there's a door. There's a reason why we have a door. Door also, if you think about this, a door represents um, security. Would you believe that? Uh, it represents, it represents uh, protection. Uh, it represents, the, you know, because the last thing we do at night, my son and I, um, the last thing we do at night is we check and make sure every door is locked in the house. Anybody else do that besides me? Even though I know my son comes in at night, he goes, Dad, I've checked every door. It's locked. Good night. He rolls into bed. I look and see if he's in bed. And then I go check him again, you know what I'm saying, just to make sure that they're locked, right? Because there's, I don't want any. Why, why do we do that? Why do we, why do we have doors? Um, that represents being able to go in and out and freedom. And Jesus, and Jesus is saying that anybody who climbs up any other way is a thief and a robber because you're supposed to go through the door. That's what he's called us to do. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, the porter, the NIV says, the one who opens the door, they open it to him, and the sheep hear his voice. Any sheep we have in here that hear the voice of God? 
Amen. The sheep hear his voice and calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. That's a good shepherd. Amen. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration. I'm reading out a New, a New King James Version. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Now, I, like, I mean, Jesus used illustrations. When he walked along the way, he, I would see a field. He'd go, look at that field. Look at the, consider the trees. He did that because he used illustrations to show the disciples or the people that he's with or the multitudes, he really wanted them to get what he was saying. So there's a reason why I had a door manufactured. We, my, our team manufactured this door because I really want you to get this. I want you to not only hear what I'm saying because the Bible says that we're not only to be hearers of the word, but we're also to be what? Doers, Doers of the word. So I want you to see it, hear it, but also I want it to be, I want to burn an imprint in your in your mind about this about this door. And so and so he he used this illustration when he spoke to them, but they did not, they didn't understand. So then Jesus said to him, because Jesus is so good, he wants them to understand. So the verse seven says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. So he says it again. He really wants us to get this. Anybody comes in before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, period. That's the sentence right there. I am the door, period. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come. This is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about freedom. The thief does not come except for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life, Amen. that you might have that life more abundantly. Isn't that good news? That is good news. So let's talk about this door, this door for a minute. Um, the, the door, door has, a, has a frame. Everybody see the frame? It has, it has hinges. The door has a knob. We're going to talk about those three points today. Has, remember, has a frame. Everybody say has a frame. Right. Has hinges. It has a knob. Okay, so I want you to think about it. Don't forget that because I'm going to get back to it here in just a minute. When Jesus is talking about the door, He's, he's talking about the fact that, that he, he is a door. And life choices, we have a choice to either enter the door or not, or not come. Now, I'm just going to say this, by the way. Those of you that are listen, listening, I want you to hear this. He is the only way, by the way. There's no other religion. There's no other way. There's no other passage. There's no other gospel. There's no other way. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can't bypass him. You can't get around him. You can't go over him. You can't. He is is the way. There's no other way. I want to say it right now. Sojourn Church believes this. There's no other way but Jesus Christ, and he is the only way that we can enter into life and be saved by him. He is the only way. I want to say that. I'm going to shout it loud, and I'll shout it proud, and I'll let you know today that, that Sojourn Church, we believe if you come here to this church, we don't believe in any other religion. We're not about religion. We're about relationship. We're not about just trying to sing some songs. We're about worshiping God. We're not trying to get a around any other way, we know that Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen. The absolute only way. You can try to figure it out. Try, you can sink on that. Take that to the bank. He is the only way. I'm going to say that. And he's the way and he's the door. And we think about doors. There was one time, true story, I was um, uh, 
coming home from school one day, and um, uh, I forgot my key, as I always did. My mom would say things like, if, you, if your head wasn't attached to your body, y'all, you know, you wouldn't live or whatever. So, you know, she would say things like that to me. And some other people who work here would say the same thing. Um, but the truth is, is that I, 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 was, I had to get in. I, I was one of those latchkey kids. My parents worked, so we couldn't, we couldn't get in. And you know, so I, it's a true story. I was like, man, I know that the, in the washroom that we leave the window open. So here I am trying to climb through the window, and I got stuck halfway through the window. It's a true story. I got stuck. So half of me is inside and half of me is outside, and my legs are wiggling trying to scoot everything in. You know, so I, you know we, we do that dance, you know, that dance trying to get in. Some of y'all have never had to break in, but it's just bad. I've had to break in my own house. The neighbors call the police because all they can see is a big booty trying to get into the window, and they call the police, and I can't get in. The police come, and then my brothers get home, and they're laughing. They don't even help me. They just laugh because I'm, because I'm and so just So I'm like, man, what are you doing? So when I climb out, the neighbor goes, man, all I saw was a booty and legs, and I thought somebody was breaking in, and so therefore we called the police because that's not the way you go in. You know, you go into the door. <laughs> got to go into the door. That's the way that you're supposed to go in. Fast forward. My kids couldn't, didn't have a key. This was not that long ago. Kids didn't have a key. So they're breaking in to the, to the door. The neighbors see them breaking into the house, but didn't call the police, but threatened to call the police because they saw Booty trying to walk in, in the door. So let me just tell you this. Jesus says, we're trying to get in, and, and the only way, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. If, he doesn't, if anybody doesn't go to the door, they're a thief and a robber. Remember, Satan's only desire is to kill, steal, and to destroy. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy your life. He's trying to take freedoms from you. He's trying to stop you from walking in God's very best. He's trying to remove everything that God's given you, trying to remove you from the place that God has you in because he does not want you to succeed he does not want he wants you to fail he wakes wakes up i don't know if he sleeps or not but he wakes up all the time thinking about how you can fail how you can you not make it how you can put those thoughts in your mind but jesus said i have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly now there's one thing for the enemy to break in because he does it intrusion legal ground or whatever there's one thing for the enemy to come in and do something and try to break into your home but it's another thing it's another thing for you to leave the door open there's a reason why I'm telling you this because the enemy breaks in but there's some things that we can do in our life to leave the door open for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc in our lives you understand what I'm saying? You can leave doors open. You know the saying, close the door. Were you raised in a barn? In a barn? You close the door. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, all the time, I'm telling me, I say it all the time in the house, close the door. You guys close the door. Close the door because nobody, because open door, open door. The enemy wants an open door. He's looking for access to your life. He's looking for a way that you would let him in. So it's one thing for him to break in. We, that's illegal. He can't do that. You know, he, he does it, but he's not supposed to. But it's another thing. Sometimes we leave the door open. Just leave it open. This is, one day we were coming back, this is about three years ago. I was showing Vanessa this morning, three years ago. By the way, it's a happy anniversary for us. This is our 24th year here at Sojourn since we were, I was, 
19 years old, bebopping in here, you know, and all of a sudden my life was changed. 20, and 24 years ago, it's been a, it's been a it's been an amazing ride. It's been a blessing. But I was showing her three years ago. We we went to go visit her parents in New Hampshire, and when we went to go visit, um, I always come home first because I have to preach and do. It was doing things here, and she stayed. But when I got home. I had, I, it was me by myself. I got home and the door had been opened for days. For days. And I'm not talking about just a couple of days. I don't know if the wind blew it open, if the kids didn't secure it or whatever, but four days. I walk in and there's moths that have covered all of the lights, spider webs. There were, there were spiders in the house. There were leaves that are blown in, and there, and I don't know how long it had been open, but it had been open for days. It was just nasty. It felt like it was outside. It looked like I was walking into a, 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 some kind of and a, the Lord of the Rings syndrome. You know, I'm walking into it trying to find out if there's if there's critters. You know, Frodo was about to pop out the fireplace. You know, I didn't know what was happening, but I know that it had been open for days. And the thoughts that were running through my mind are this: How long has this door been open? What if somebody would have came in and saw the door open and stolen something? I had to start checking things. Because there's no reason for the door to be open. And I had to get it, had to clean it out. Because I know Vanessa wasn't going to come in and, and try to get spiders and different things out. That's my job. And I'm having to clean it out. I've got to clean it out because the door had been left open. And the enemy, any, anybody could come in and do whatever they want. So I'm telling you, it's time for us to close the door to the enemy of our lives. The enemy that's trying to come in and wreak havoc in your life. Some of you are having some issues right now because there's some doors open in your life that you need to close this morning. The reason why some of you are going through some of the things you're going through. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make this be a heavy message, but the truth is as a shepherd of this flock, as my desire to see you walk in every freedom that Christ has paid for. I want to see you walk in everything that God has. For. And so some of you, some of you need to help yourself close the door. Don't let the enemy come in and try to wreak havoc in your life. Don't let him come in. Close the door, Amen. close the door. So I'm going to talk this morning about one thing I want to share with you that you could that cause you to close. There's all kinds of reasons why doors open. There's generational curses. There's curses. There's kind of there's sin that opens a door to the enemy. But I want to talk to you about one in particular this morning. And I want to stay on this for a while because it's the one thing that I believe that it was it's easy to close. Sometimes some, some of you may not be easy to close, but we're going to talk about it this morning. And that's the door that we open to unforgiveness. And it was the truth. Some of you, somebody said this to me one time. They go, Pastor Chris, you guys always talk about unforgiveness. You guys talk about, I'm telling you, it is a door. It's a door that we open, and sometimes we don't close it, and the enemy comes in. And he comes in because, he, again, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and he had to close the doors. And God said, he told us to forgive. Amen? That's a door that, that absolutely opens. Now, I want you to, I want to look at it, focus. I told you the three things. Remember, the hinge, the frame, and the... And the knob. Okay, so let's talk about the hinge for a minute. The hinge, the door cannot open and close without the hinge. Is that correct? Swings on the hinge. Got to open. Got to be able to open on, the, on this hinge. to be able to close it. And so I want to tell you this morning, if you're taking notes, forgiveness is the hinge point. It hinges on you being able to be, to be forgiven. If you don't forgive, the Bible says that if you don't forgive, then neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Look at me. It's not a suggestion. It's not something that if you get a chance to, it is command. It's not, you talk about is it, a, is it, it is a choice, but it is God. God has commanded us to forgive. Amen? I want you to open your Bibles to this story that you, you have heard before. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, we'll read this story. 
It's very important. Forgiveness is the hinge point of our faith. It is love in action. Being able to forgive. Matthew 18, chapter, chapter 18, verse 21 says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to 70 times, up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, listen to this, is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had. And that payment be made. Now, I want you to look up it just for a second. See, they had me at with my wife and children. Can you imagine me being in jail with Vanessa? That would not go over well. I would rather be in jail. It's like that thing you saw. I mean, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in jail. I'm in jail. She's in jail because of me. And so they would ask that question. Would you rather uh, be in jail by, your, by yourself or be be in jail with B. Be not be in jail with, <laughs> with Vanessa. Because I'm the reason why she's in there. I'm the reason why the kids are in there. I couldn't do that. And so he throws them in jail. And so the talents that he owed, the 10,000 talents that he owed, is an outrageous. See, Jesus tells these stories, and they're outrageous. Because they're, they're, there's no way that this could happen. We're talking about billions of dollars that he owed. So much more that he could not pay it. And so he wanted to make it. So because if it was a thought that left even in our mind that we could pay it, we'd be trying to figure out the way to pay it. So Jesus makes it outrageous that he owed all these talents. But he was not able to pay his master and commanded it be so. His wife and children uh, and his wife and children until uh, he paid all that he had and the payment be made. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant, of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now we're talking about billions of dollars versus about $40,000, about $40,000. To me, that's a lot of money, but what it may not be for a lot of people. And he, and he laid hands on him. He put his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. And so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. He would not. And he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servant saw what, he, what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will do to each of you each of you, from his heart, does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now, let me just tell you what. We talk about forgiveness. You think about that. The reason why we wouldn't forgive is because we don't realize how much God has forgiven us. That would be the reason why we don't forgive. 
And somebody would say, Pastor Chris, you have no idea what that person did to me. You don't know what was done. You were not there. I would tell you that it is true. I was not there. But I'm telling you this. You are able to forgive and release so that you can close the door to the enemy because the forgiver lives on the inside of you. You are able to forgive and to release because the forgiver, the one who has forgiven you, lives on the inside. And so you don't realize that you've been forgiven. You can't forgive somebody else. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to release. I'm not going to let that go because you don't understand there was pain that was done. PC, you don't understand there was so much pain. There was so much damage. You have no idea. You weren't there when I was crying. You weren't there when I was dealing with that pain. You weren't there. I'm telling you, I know it. But Jesus was, and he's able to help you. The Spirit of God on the inside of you is able to help you to release those people so that you can be free. Remember, it's not about it's not about for, for them. Forgiveness is not about them. It's about releasing them from you so that you can be free. Do you understand what I'm telling you? So that you release. You release something, you let it go. You let it go. And someone's like, you don't, you don't, you don't wanna, you don't wanna hold on to that. Because unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person dies. And you're the one that's you're the one that's struggling. You're the one. That person is going off living their life. I mean, I, I, I've done it. I'm telling you, I've been there before where I'm not, I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to forgive. I'm gritting my teeth. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to let them go. And, I, and I'm looking at them. I hope, they, I hope a banana truck hit them. I hope, I hope just that tree right now just fall on them right now. You know, lightning from heaven. Because you don't wake up in the morning going, mmm, birds are singing. The air is cleaned. The sun is out. Who can I release today? I just so feel like forgiving someone. Honey, who can I forgive? She'd be like, I need to forgive you. So the truth is like some of you guys, some of you guys, nobody feels like forgiving anybody. You feel like killing them, right? Is that true? Don't try to act all holy. You guys know what I'm talking about. Y'all try to act like, no, me, I forgive it. You know what I'm talking about. You hope something happens to them. But I'm telling you, God is wanting you to release them so that you can be free. They're going off living their life. I'm telling you, zippity doo da, zippity day. They're just walking free. And you're the one that's struggling. You're the one that's got bitterness and anguish and turmoil and strife inside. And that poison is doing you no good, but it just shut up all on the inside because you won't release. So this is an important message. Like, Pastor Chris, I thought you was going to come with the thunder and tell us something that makes us feel good. Listen, I'm not, I do want you to feel good, but I want you to walk in everything that God has for you more than anything else in this world. If we're going to lead this flock, if we're going to be a family, then I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you some things that not, not just for you to shout at, but some things for you to, you to have on the inside of you that you have. Is there some unforgiveness? Have you left the door open? Because I'm telling you, if the door is open, this is what you're saying. Come on in, Satan. Come on in and do whatever you want to do. Come on in. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody is saying that. Shut the door. Shut the door. Forgive. Release. I love it when I was taking the kids out on, the, on our boat and then I'm, I'm tubing them. We didn't have the tube that we have right now. We had a tube where they had to hang on for dear life. That white knucklehead. And I'd try to throw them off, you know, and they'd fall off. And the tube would flip upside down and I'm just dragging them through the mud. and dragging them through the water. And they just won't let go. So finally, somebody has to tap me and let me know that they flipped over. And they were like, I drank so much water. I'm like, just let it go. Just let it go. If you let that tube go, I promise you, daddy will come back and get you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will come back and get you. Just let it go. Amen. 
Are you guys ready to sing Let It Go with me? I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you moms are like, don't you? You better not. You better not. We've been singing that song, you know, because the cold is bothering me anyway. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to sing it. But the truth is, you got to learn to release. So the release of forgiveness, the hinge point. The door has a hinge, has hinges. Forgiveness is the hinge that door. Jesus said, "I am the door." So there's a place where you where you must forgive. Let's talk about the frame for a minute. This is a funny story because we read in the passage where Peter comes up to Jesus. He says, "I know what I'm going to do." Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? He had something in his heart uh, that he was getting ready. He goes, I don't know. I'll ask Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? Up to 70 times, up to seven times? And Jesus said, no, up to 70 times seven. Peter was framed. He was absolutely framed because he's sitting up there. Jesus framed him because he was like, how many times, Jesus? Because I got a brother. Because he got something in his heart. There's a reason why. Jesus is not dumb. There's a reason why Peter's asking this question. Okay, we're talking about Peter here because the one who's offended all the time and got something to say about everything and wants to cut people's ears off while we're talking Peter always got something to say. So he's like, Jesus, watch this, guys. Jesus, how many times must I forgive my brother? Seven times because I got, I know a guy. Anybody else in here know a guy? I know a guy. He does the same thing over and over again. I've forgiven him and I've forgiven him. I've forgiven him. I've kept count because you know the Bible says that love keeps account. That's what love does in 1 Corinthians. It says love keeps account. I've forgiven him. 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 So, Lord, how many times must I forgive? And so Jesus frames him. He goes, you know, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. He framed him simply because Jesus knows that there's an outrageous number that you have to completely, entirely, and continue to forgive. How many times must I forgive? You forgive again. But they did it again. You forgive again. But they did it again. You forgive again. Why? Because how many sins have we committed that he's already forgiven, that he has forgiven, and he will forgive, forgive because all of our sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, and there's no longer a sacrifice for sin because Jesus did it a long time ago on the cross. So the reason why you wouldn't forgive is because you don't realize how much you've been forgiven. So that's the reason why you got to let go. I've been forgiven much. The one who sins the most loves the most. One who's been forgiven much forgives much because they realize that they have been forgiven much. Jesus paid a debt that we could not pay. There was no way we could pay it. So therefore, we forgive. Now, I know some of you are thinking, man, I do that. That's me. I forgive all the time. Man, I walk in, I walk in forgiveness. I'm a forgiveness magnet. I always forgive. And I thought that was that way too. I'm like, Lord, I always release people. Till there was one day, somebody offended me. There were always, you know, Jesus said offenses must come. There'll always be somebody. If you had to forgive somebody for the end of the day, right? You had to forgive somebody. And I remember one time I was walking in forgiveness and unforgiveness, and I ran across. I'm gonna tell you who's somebody you do not want to run across. When you were walking in unforgiveness, that's Pastor Terry Moore. Because Pastor Terry Moore will not let you get, get by. He won't let you get through with it. He'd just be like, we're going to forgive right now. I said, no, you're going to forgive him, but I'm not going to forgive him. He goes, no, sir. He goes, no, sir, Chris, we're going we're gonna to forgive him right now. We, I'm, he offended me. He didn't offend you. He goes, I'm not going to let you get off this phone. We're going we're gonna to choose forgive. I go, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want it. And the sun is up right now. The Bible says don't let the sun go down in your anger. So we got a few more hours for me to be mad. I can still be angry. We got about four hours and 36 minutes and 29 seconds for me to be mad. I'm going to stay mad. He goes, no, sir, we're going 
gonna, we're going to forgive right now. We're going to release him. We're going to let him go. I go, I don't want to. He goes, we're going to do it right now. I'm not hanging up this phone until we hang up until we forgive. And I'd be like, what do you want me to say? He goes, come on. Let's. He goes, Chris, this is the hinge point of our faith. If we can't forgive, then why are we here? Why are we Christians? Why are we talking about God? Why are we talking about Jesus if we can't forgive? And I just like, I said, silence on the phone, on the phone, because I know he's right. And so he goes, come on, let's forgive. And so he prayed with me right then there to forgive. And I'm telling you what, and again, he, he, was, he said to me, it's not about you. It's not about necessarily them. It's about you. You release them and you let them go. And I said, like, I, I do, I do, I let them go. In the spirit, I just drop them off. I release them on a long bridge. A bridge just falling off on the floor right now in the name of Jesus. It's just, I'm listening. I got my eyes closed. I'm listening for the kersplat. Kersplat. Mm, thank you, Jesus. I release them and let them go. Or some of you may be like, I'm releasing them too. I got them in the headlock right here, Lord. And I'll release them. I'm releasing them right now after they suffocate. You know, suffocate. And see, some of you are laughing, but you're doing that in the spirit because you're holding on to bitterness and, and judgment and things in your life that's keeping you from God's very best. I want you to. God wants you to walk in his very best. And so, and this is one of those things. You don't have to, you have to dig and be like, okay, God, I know it's somebody. The Holy Spirit wants you to walk in so much freedom that he'll show you who it is. The Holy Spirit, he's the one that makes all this freedom stuff come alive. So he wants you to walk in freedom. So he'll tell you. He'll show you. Remember so-and-so? I'm telling you, I'll be zippity-doo-dah someday, and I'll see somebody be like, mm. Look at them. Look at them, Lord. I can't believe that they, that they don't know what they did, they did to me. I kid you not. It was one day I was taking a nap in my house, and somebody knocked on the door. Knocked on the door, and I was like, somebody get that. Nobody was home but me. And so they're knocking on the door. I open the door. I open the door, and there's somebody that I used to work with about 14, 15 years ago. And they said, I couldn't drive by anymore. I had to ask you to forgive me for the awe that I had in my heart against you a long time ago when we worked together. And I go, what are you talking about? They go, I knew, I knew that you hated my guts, and you didn't want to be with me. And, you, and I knew that and I did something to offend you, and therefore I've been carrying it, and I couldn't drive by your house. And I've been driving by your house, and I could not do it anymore. I just wanted to for, just ask you to forgive me, and I forgive you. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. They go, you don't? I go, no. I have no idea. Why are you here? I was taking a nap. I was good. I was taking a nap. What do you know? Why are you? He goes, I just wanted to ask, ask for forgiveness. Like, you're for, forgiven. Yeah, we're good. I never thought about anything else other than that. For real? And, I, and I, he goes, I go, yeah, be at peace, man. Please, just let me go take a nap. I was, I was enjoying dreaming about fishing, you know, and he just woke me up. And so I closed the door, and as I closed the door and wished him well, prayed for him, wished him well, closed the door, the Lord's like, do you know how long he's been carrying that? Been carrying that for 14 years, driving by your house. Every time he saw you in my house, he would think about it. Been driving by with bitterness in his heart. And all he had to do was just, just forgive, just let go. It's like, I, I'm living my life. I'm just doing, I'm telling you, that's what people are doing. And then there's us, some of us that are holding on to unforgiveness. Forgiveness, the hinge point of our faith Peter was framed, and some, so are you. So don't be framed, just forgive. Don't be framed, forgive. Hinge point of our faith. This is the last point. The reason why Jesus says there's a door, and the door has a knob, 
is because you have a choice to forgive. The door does not close by itself. You have to reach out, have a choice to reach out. That's where the knob is there, to close it. The knob represents the choice that we have to be able to close the door. You can leave the door open. You can close it by, by this way, but also in the knob, when we close the door, there's a place to lock and secure it. Forgiveness is a choice. Say it's a choice. choice. You choose to forgive. Choose to release. I choose to. That's why that's a good prayer to start. Lord, uh, they have done so many things to me, but I'm choosing to forgive. I'm choosing to, to let go. I'm choosing to release them. I know they did some bad things to me, but you know what? Jesus was sitting on that cross. He was right there on that cross, and this is what he said. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, release them. Don't hold this to their charge. Release them because they don't know what they're doing. You know that there's some people that have offended you that they don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they've offended you. They don't know that. They, and you've taken on that offense. We take on offenses. Some of us are offense magnets. So you know that? Just like every time I turn around, I'm offended. And so Pastor Terry would say this to me. He goes, Chris, we choose. We're predisposed to, to not take on those offenses. We're just not going to do it. I'm like, how do you do that? Because it seemed like I just a dump truck. I mean, just beep, beep, beep. And so many of those that, of that stuff, just I get offended. I'm the beep, beep guy. I'm a dump truck. Sometimes people just offend me. Just, just He goes, Chris, you have no idea what that person is going through when they, when they commit that offense. You don't, know what they're, you don't know what they're going through. You have no idea what they're going through. But here's what love does. Love Bears all things, believes the best of all things, doesn't hold account, and doesn't keep count. Love never fails. Amen? And so love would, would just be like, he believes the best of all things. They were just having a bad day. Like, they're having a bad day? Well, now I'm having a bad day because they had a bad day. And so we choose to pick up those things. He's like, we just choose. We just, I'm telling you what, anybody comes home, Susan come home, the kids are home, come home. He goes, I was relentless about making sure that we're not going to do that. We're not going to have offense. We're not going to take up that offense. You have no idea what they're going through. So you're going to release them. You're going to do that right now. So I, I, I started doing that. And so I come home and complain sometimes. But I be like, you have no idea what they're going through. I was like, are you Terry Moore or my wife? Are you, who are you? She's like, well, I'm just telling you, you have no idea. Here's a true story. And I'll close, we're close with this. I had, a, I had a professor, as some of you guys are getting ready to go back to school, myself is included, but I had a professor who was just, who was just mean as can be at the King's University. He was just, she was just mean. And I'm, for no reason, she, she threatened to kick me out of school because she thought I plagiarized something. I kind of did because I got it from Terry. But the truth is, is that I took one some, some out of his manuals, but it was something that we had developed and talked about, whatever, and I used it in one of my papers. And she goes, that's, you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't specify, so therefore, you know, you can get kicked out of university for this. And I'm just like, why is this lady coming after me so bad? I mean, every week it was something. I was like, I'm, I've made all A's and B's so far, but I'm willing to take a C and D in this class just to just whatever, because I just want to get out of it so much. And so we finally get, get done with the class, and I'm, I realize that I'm, 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 I'm aiming for a solid B, like an 85, you know, in the class. And I'm like, I'm fine with that, because Pastor Terry goes, all I care about is that paper. And so I go, okay, so we're ending the class, and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to call this professor and thank her for taking the time 
to, to, to administer this class to you and tell her that she uh, did a good job and that you learned so much. I go, that is Satan. I am not doing that in the name of Jesus. I know that is a devil speaking. I bind you in the name of Jesus. You know how sometimes we want to rebuke the devil? We start using stuff we hadn't used in a while. I gag, loose, muzzle you in the name of Jesus. And you go back to the abyss and the pit and you have no rest, seeking rest and finding none. May you go to the desert. I'm like, that ain't nothing but Satan. And so like, and then this thought came to me, why would Satan have you call somebody and thank somebody and love somebody? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, that must be you, Lord. I just so didn't want to do it. I so didn't want to do it. And I was like, man, <sighs> I took one day. And all of a sudden you get nudge. You know that nudge that the Holy Spirit does for you? How many, how many know what I'm talking about? That nudge, because you know you need to forgive. You know you're in the wrong. You know that God's telling you to do something. I'm just like, ah. Oh. Day two, I'm just heavy, you know, and I'm just like, ah, I know I need to do it. You know, I, breakfast tastes bad, and nothing's good, and, and, and I, you, you know, every year you're just grumpy, and all of a sudden, third day, Lord's like, are you going to do what I told you to do? And so I called. I picked up the phone, and I called the professor. I say her name, and she said, yes. I said, I just want to call and tell you that I so appreciate you administering this class to me and that you did a good job. I learned so much, and I just want to pray over you. And these words are coming out of my mouth now because once I obey, the, God gives, the Holy Spirit gives me power to continue on doing what he's told. He, I'm telling you, he, the Holy Spirit gives me power, gives us power to be able to do what he's called us to do. So as I open my mouth to forgive, then the Spirit of God releases the power for me to say, and I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that whatever this next semester is and whatever, you're going, whatever it is you're going through, that God will release you and you have everything that you need. She goes, uh, uh, okay. And so I pray over her. And I said, in the name of Jesus, amen. And I said, thank you again. And she said, Chris. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, would you wait a second? She goes, you have no idea what that prayer meant to me. She goes, I've been homeless. I'm a professor, but I'm homeless. There was a job that I was supposed to take in California, and it didn't work out. So that the house that we had fell through. So I've been administering these classes to you from a, like a mobile trailer that we've been driving in and out. We've not had a place to stay. My husband lost his job because he quit it. I've not had, we've not had income. So I'm trying to keep this going. And so I'm just telling you, it has not been good for us. And so are you praying over me and loving me release this and she goes you don't know how much this meant to me so thank you so much for praying for me and I was just dumbfounded I was like you got to be kidding me and so she just said thank you so much she goes can I pray over you I said yes and you can give me an A if you want to. <laughs> y'all are laughing but I did say that <laughs> that is not a joke that's not <laughs> she didn't give it to me but she prayed over me she prayed over me, and she prayed this amazing prayer. But then when I hung up the phone, the Lord spoke to me, and it sounded a lot like Terry Moore, and it said, you have no idea what people are going through. So you release and you forgive. Because I released and I've forgiven you. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.